Aloha, brothers and sisters. Welcome to episode number 96 of the SoCo Show. It's an Octiversary episode. (laughs) Booyah. Uh, I thought there was going to be one more sounder at least. um, There might be one more sounder. Uh, How about this one? I am the queen. (laughs) There we go. That what you're looking for? Okay. That works. Any one of them. (laughs) He is the SoHo Seth Ah, and I am the co-host, Cody Michael. We're here to bring you yet another episode of the show and uh if you've listened to last week's episode you know that we're we're working on a short week this week since we're shifting to our new uh recording and release schedule so we're going to be light on the news this week but uh we've got quite a few things to review so uh there will be plenty of plenty of good stuff on the show today this is our 12th octaversary which if you had told me (laughs) when we had our first octaversary that we would have 11 more of them I would be like, why would we keep that dumb joke going that long? <laughs> <laughs> but we have, and here we are. Hey, we're nothing but consistent. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. We don't give up on bad jokes. That that that's I true. know for sure. Which is why all of our friends say we're the funniest. That's true. That's true. <laughs> our friends think we're fucking hilarious. Yeah. And so do our moms. Well, your mom thinks I'm hilarious. <laughs> yeah. She thinks you're handsome, too, so... That's true. Yeah. Oh, that's Seth. <laughs> I was going to go to a place that we probably shouldn't go to, so I'm just going to leave it there. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Let's, let's leave it just there. Um, we got some fun stuff. Like I said, we're, we're going to talk about uh, the big movie from this weekend that's having a, a surprisingly big opening. Uh, we're going to review a few movies... Um, that are looking pretty good. We're going to have the new release exam for the month of June. Uh, so that's always fun. And one word summaries are going to return as well. Uh, so lots of fun stuff. Lots of fun stuff going on. Seth, you had you had a fun experience recently uh, when you were at one of the movies we're going to review today uh, that you wanted to talk about. Yeah, uh, so it was not last Saturday, but the Saturday before. We had an early screening here of Rocket Man. So not this past day, the Saturday before. We're recording on Sunday, if, if you all remember that. So it's been about a, a little over a week. So it was an early screening. It was kind of a stormy night uh, coming into it. We had some like floods and all this stuff going on. But uh, so Hold we on. all go through. You want, to, you want me to set the mood? I'll set the mood. <laughs> it was a dark and stormy night. <laughs> No, no one was dying, so uh, we don't need that music. But uh, so we get there, well, you know, normal normal stuff's happening. There's you know all the trailers and things, and then we get to the point where uh, most theaters have it, where they have kind of like a you know thank you for visiting, blah 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 type thing, and then that's when you know the movie's about to start. So that happened, and then all of a sudden there is a flicker in the lights and a pop in the speakers, and the then the video the the movie doesn't start; it's just a black screen. And because it happened where it did, we just didn't know if it was a screw up in the projector or if it was like the power went out or whatever. Uh, turns out someone came in and the, and the power was out for a second. And then they just said, hold on a second. We'll be restarting restarting the, uh, the video here. Uh, we'll get you going. Sorry about the inconvenience. It starts up. And if you've seen Rocket Man... Uh, well, you haven't because it's not out yet. <laughs> but um, when you see Rocket Man, it kind of starts off with uh, a lot of music and more just like cool looking shots and stuff. And then 
like I'd say five minutes or four or five minutes in or so, you start the dialogue. Well, and it's also kind of like an interesting beginning where it's kind of doesn't seem like it's complete reality. So we didn't know if 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 the the dialogue was just like like him speak you know the, seeing him speak the words was not supposed to be there like it was this was meant to happen and so we get in like 10 minutes into the movie finally and, and we're like yeah someone needs to go needs to go tell someone so we're just seeing mouths move and we, we we can also hear the music though that's the weird thing is that we can hear the music we can hear the music the sound effects so we hear the bitches back playing in the background, but we see people's mouths moving and there's no lyrics. We just hear the music for it. And like every once in a while I hear like bitches back <laughs> as like a background <laughs> thing. So someone comes in and says, Oh, sorry, we got to, you know, we got to rewind it a little bit. It'll be fine. We'll play it in a second. Again, they start it back up to the point where paramount comes on where the stars come out. Same thing happens again. No, no lyrics. And they said, okay, we're really sorry. We have to reboot the system. It'll be another, you know, however long. They didn't even give a time frame. They're just like, it'll be a, a little bit longer. If you want to leave, take passes. If not, whatever. Um, so they had to reboot the system. During this time, and the rebooting system takes about another 15 minutes. So by this point, it's almost been an hour since we've been in there when the movie is supposed to start. Um, we're all sitting there. And all of a sudden, someone holds up their phone and starts playing Rocket Man, like the song. And everyone is singing Rocket Man. And it was probably the coolest theater experience I've ever had of just like, everyone really wants to see this fucking movie because they're all big Elton John fans. And and uh, so they're getting upset, but they're also trying to re- alleviate the, the anger by singing Elton John songs. And it was really, really cool. It was like a whole chorus of Elton John. Um, so then eventually, um, it takes, like I said, 15 minutes or so, they get everything going again. And it's one of those things, too, because we're hearing the same, like, the beginning of the movie, again, it's just music. There's not any dialogue. So we're waiting, we're waiting, it's five minutes, and all of a sudden, Taron Edgerton comes up as Elton John and says the one word we've been seeing him mouth the entire time, and the place goes fucking bananas. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen an opening line of a movie get that much applause before. Um, there was more applause than when when Iron Man catches Thor's hammer in in, in, in Avengers. Um, it was really cool though. It was, it was an interesting theater experience, and like obviously, you know, it's not fun sitting there for an hour and not watching a movie. But it was really it was something that like look back looking back on it's it's uh, I'm glad I was there for it. Sounds like a magical fucking experience. You know, there a lot of people now with like home theater systems and and you know Blu-rays and all that stuff prefer to be at home watching but it's so much fun to be a part of like a group experience like that and mm-hmm. you you never get something organically fun like that at home so uh that's all, I, I would i agree i would be very annoyed in the moment that i was sitting there waiting for so long but i'm happy to hear that you you, you were part of a group that took a negative and turned it into a positive so that's that's your inspirational story for our soco listeners this week did you only listen to rocket man or did you listen to more songs uh, they played that, and then uh, the bitches back. They played that again too. Nice. That was the person. The person next to me was like really about that song. They were fucking screaming it. Play the bitches <laughs> back. Play it. <laughs> that is a jam, though. So I don't yeah. blame them. Uh, we are, of course, going to review Rocket Man a little later on uh, as we get near the end of the show. But we've got a lot of stuff to do before then, including chic tweets. I call you a punk. Um, ironically enough, the chic tweet this week is play the bitches back. <laughs> Give me what I want. No. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, iron chic. Uh, it's been, I mean, 
curtains, uh, we're, you know, open the curtains here. Uh, we've it's only been a few days since we last recorded, so there's not a whole lot of new material to talk about. Uh, but Iron Sheik uh, did have to comment on a trend this week, which was delete Facebook. He said, "Hello, Facebook, you are the jabroni of the earth." Hashtag delete Facebook. Hashtag delete. He's gonna take Zuckerberg. Can you just picture him putting Zuckerberg in the camel clutch? Oh my god. I'd pay to see that. That guy's talk about breaking the internet. (laughs) Oh my gosh! (laughs) Yes, nice. That was a good one. That was a good one. I give you points for that one. Damn it, that's funny. That's funny, man. I give you another one. That was awesome. That's awesome, bro. Uh, (laughs) The Sheik is gonna make Mark Zuckerberg humble this week in Sheik tweets. I call you a punk. Let's shout out our sponsors. First of all, audibletrial.com slash SoCo. Hit the link in the description box. You'll get 30 days of Audible and your first book for free. Free! Etsy.com slash shop slash Mathis Designs for all of your stationery and graphic design needs. Beep. And Mike's Wood. Etsy.com slash shop slash cornfed and wed to get your wood worked. There it was. That was a polite little one at the end. It sounded that was like that turtle. You ever watch those turtles doing it? Oh my god! I'm gonna link to that. I'm gonna link to the turtle video in the description box so people can watch watch that. That's what that reminded me of. Uh, let's see. What are we doing next? One word summaries. Let's bring it back. There's only one word to describe you, and I'm gonna spell it out for you. Oh. One word summaries is the segment where Seth has searched the web for three wacky news stories. He's going to summarize each story with only one word apiece. And based on those one word summaries, I will choose the story that we'll cover in depth. But don't worry. If we don't choose the story you wanted to hear, you can see the links to all the stories in the description box, along with all of the other stories that we're going to be talking about today. So one word summaries. What do you got for us, Seth? Your words are name. Clean and farmer. Hmm. Hmm. Name, clean, and farmer, huh? Yes. Hmm. I'm going to... I'm going to say clean. I want clean. Okay. Well, name was... Man allegedly gives false name during arrest despite wearing name tag. Awesome. (laughs) And, uh... Farmer is uh, probably the one that I'm. You're probably the most glad you didn't choose. Cow squirts projectile poop on farmer. He quotes by saying, "I didn't even stand a chance." What the hell? That's news. <laughs> this went from moo to ew in a hurry, and Get Twitter loved it. it. Oh my goodness gracious. <laughs> That sounds like um, one. I might have to go to the description box and, and check that link out. <laughs> but clean was man weirded out that someone broke into his home just to clean it. Oh, uh, cool. N- nothing was missing, but the beds were made, the rugs vacuumed, the toilet scrubbed, and there were origami roses on the toilet paper rolls. What the fuck? That's some serial killer shit. Hell yeah. Whoever broke into a Massachusetts man's home last week didn't take a thing. They did, however, leave the house spotless. Nate Roman tells the Boston Globe that when he returned to his Marlboro... I can't even say that. That's the cigarettes. Marlboro. Marlboro. 
Marlboro. <laughs> nope. Uh, home from, <laughs> from work. <laughs> it sounds like World a Tom Brokaw. <laughs> I love to lick. Oh, I'm on Marlboro. I'm a little anymore. Rural juror. Um, <laughs> returned to his Marlboro home from work May 15th. He could tell a stranger had been there. Nothing is missing, but the 44-year-old Roman noticed the beds were made, the vac- rugs vacuumed, and the toilets were scrubbed. They even crafted origami roses. He called the experience weird and creepy and contacted police. <laughs> Sergeant weird Campbell and creepy, says, also, also the name of obsessed biography. That's true. Sergeant Gamble says that the department hasn't heard of similar episodes and that there are no suspects. Roman says that he may have left his back door unlocked. He thinks perhaps a housekeeping service went to his home by mistake. That's I awesome. That's I'm going to start leaving my doors unlocked so the housekeepers will come into my place. Yeah, it's true. Do it. Cody yeah, that... lives at uh, 2419. Uh... <laughs> I don't think you know my address. but um, I do not. If it's, if it's like someone will clean my place or I'll be murdered, that sounds like a risk worth taking, I think. Oh, yeah, you think so? Yeah. Have you ever seen an origami flower, Seth? Holy shit. <laughs> I'm just saying it's pretty great. Make sure, folks, that you link in the description box to all of this week's wacky news stories. This week coming from One Word Summaries. There's only one word to describe you, and I'm gonna spell it out for you! We are, uh, we're gonna be skipping over TV this week. Not a lot of TV news to discuss, and uh, Seth had to take a break uh, from his fucking TV from the last two weeks, where we had eight TV corners the past two weeks. Uh, I think that we can expect the TV corner back next week, do you think? More than likely, yes. All right. There you have it, folks. Come on back for episode 97 for the return of the TV corner. Uh, But for today, we're going to jump along into movies. Quiet on the set. Can we please have quiet on the set? Movies. So it was, uh, it's, it's Memorial Day weekend right now. It's big movie weekend. Uh, ever since Jaws in the seventies, it's been uh, one of the one of the sought after weekends to get your shit released, and uh, there were a few kind of competing, you know, big um, big movies coming out, and you know, one of them was a movie that we've been we've been nervous about, at least I have been nervous about uh, for quite some time now, but it's come out, and Aladdin has had a pretty sizable uh, first weekend box office. What's that number up to now? I think it's like one hundred five million, something like that, for the total. What they're gonna? I guess that's what they're estimating for um, <clears throat> between Thursday night and tomorrow, or Memorial Day, I guess. Yeah, pretty pretty solid, uh, pretty solid opening weekend. Uh, you know, after everyone was like, "Oh, you know, it's gonna suck, and I'm not gonna go," and all this, and so it, it's kind of made us think um, about how people are reacting to the movie, and we'll we'll give our review a little bit later on. But um, these remakes, especially the live action kind of remakes, we're expecting Lion King. Uh, in a couple months here, they they raise up a lot of feelings and a lot of questions from a lot of people. And uh, Seth, you were saying that you've seen some reactions that have been kind of strange to you. Yeah, I've seen a couple different uh, different reactions with it. Um, a couple that are that are kind of ridiculous in, in my eyes, anyway. Uh, the first is that a lot of people, when they talk about these remakes, whether it be Jungle Book, Cinderella, or Aladdin, is that. Disney is basically just making money off the same property twice that they that they're just purposely remaking the same story to make money off of it. 
And if you've seen any, any of these movies, I think that's kind of ridiculous in the way that because they, they change, you know, one, they do change enough of it to where it's, you know, kind of got its own thing. But two, they're still putting all this time into the story to remake it, mm-hmm. whether it is live action or not. They're putting time and money into it. So it's not like they're making these monies for this movies for free. They have to spend the money on it. So, you know, they, they have to hope people are going to go. Yes, it has a name attached to it, but it's just like doing a sequel for anything else. You know, like, yeah, the, this is an already established story. They're they're gonna they're gonna put their spin on it whatever but they're making they they already have a precedent set because of the the previous installment so yeah no matter if it's a sequel or remake or whatever they're they're doing it to make money but mm-hmm. it's not just a complete ripoff to to make another you know another buck the other one too is that there's been some negative backlash in terms of the quality of Aladdin and a lot of people say it's ruining their childhood it's ruining you know what what they loved as a kid and. That is a, that is probably my my least favorite argument in the world because it, no matter if if something like this came out whether it be this or Power Rangers or whatever even if it sucks it doesn't take away from what the original was the original was made at the time and people enjoyed it and you can go back and watch it and enjoy it again the the they exist separately no whether it be this whether it be a sequel of something whether it be a spin off of something the original still exists you can still love that and, and to say that this new franchise you know this this new version ruins my my enjoyment of the original that's just on you mm-hmm. that that's the way your mind is so you just need to grow up <laughs> You're totally right. And I, so the first thing about them making money off of it again, I think when you re-release a movie, that that's what happens. You know, yeah. we've seen re-releases before. Uh, Titanic made a pretty good chunk of its movie off re-releases, mm-hmm. and um, you know, I, I I would understand that movie for something like that. But to do a remake, you know, like you said, it, it takes more money, it takes more time, and and I can say for Aladdin, they've made enough changes where it seemed fresh and new, um, and so. I don't, I don't really buy that. I think that's just people being haters. And also, you could just not go, you know. Mm-hmm. If you don't want to give your money to Aladdin a second time, you can, you can do that. That's perfectly within someone's rights to do. I think that it – there is a part of me that agrees that it feels a little cheap that they're just remaking everything that they know people already love. Like, I won't, I won't deny that that feels a little cheap, but – if they're making updates and they're making enough changes and it's fresh and it's new and it looks like something I want to go to, then I can't really complain too much. You know what I mean? Um, if we did this, like we the consumer did this, we we're, we keep going to reboots and remakes and we keep, nostalgia keeps getting our money. And so we told Disney to do this. Mm-hmm. So even if you're not a person who has been going to these in the past, you have to understand that that's just what the market is asking for. It's the same reason we wouldn't have we wouldn't have had 25 Avengers movies if people didn't pay a shitload of money to go to the first 24. Like people people can speak with their money. And for the people that are saying, "Oh, you know, it's a cheap rehash and people shouldn't be paying." Like you're you just happen to be in the minority and that's fine if you don't like it, but the rest of the market does, and so you just have to fucking put up with it. The Ruining my childhood thing is, I agree with you, one of the stupidest things I've ever heard in my life. Like, how are you going to have your childhood ruined as an adult? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, your childhood already happened and it's done. So I don't know how you can ruin it now. And But you see a lot of that. I think it's like a... What I don't know, and I don't know, you know, where you saw this or who said it or whatever, but I think there is a tongue... Like, there's a funny way to say that. Like, oh, when I found out that, like that there's secret dicks hidden in Little Mermaid that ruined my childhood. Like, there's a joking, tongue-in-cheek way to say that, and then there's people who I think you're probably referring to who actually think that it somehow ruins Aladdin for them, that they made mm-hmm. another one. 
And that's so dumb. Like, you're right. Even if it sucked, we just last week, we talked about how um, some TV shows that are great have a hard time ending the show. And that doesn't yeah. ruin the show that came before it. It's just as a crappy addition. And there can be crappy additions to shows and people like if, if the, if the, if the new Aladdin ruined Aladdin for you, I don't think you liked Aladdin very much to begin with. Mm-hmm. That's, that's my opinion. Yeah, no, that, that's very true. I mean, the only way I can think of to be like, if, if to ruin even like a show, cause even a movie, like a remake of a movie or maybe a sequel to a movie could ruin it is if like at the end of the show or movie series, they're, they're like the entire time this show has been a Nazi propaganda film yeah. <laughs> or a Nazi propaganda show, something like that. Then that would ruin it. Like it could be like, like what if Breaking Bad ended and like Hitler was like the most powerful man and was like, you know, like that type of thing. <laughs> Maybe that could kill it. Maybe that could kill your enjoyment of it. But um, no, yeah, it's, it's, it's just people one wanting something to complain about, but, and two, just trying to make a point and trying trying to to be the you know be the 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 vocal vocal minority and, and be the leader of it you know like that type of shit people don't see a lot of things realistically when it comes to the the online thing like that and and sure that's that's the way you feel about it but when when you're thinking illogically and thinking in a way that doesn't make sense to the to the most of the population and again that that's the thing is a lot of it's a vocal minority that mm-hmm. say this stuff and they're saying it just to try and get attention and then other people kind of think about it and they go, oh, maybe it does. You know, it's 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 unfortunate, um, which is why uh, I, I much prefer, you know, I enjoy these franchise things, but I much prefer these, uh, you know, smaller movies that get a lot of attention like Booksmart, where people are <laughs> praising it because of how good it is. Mm-hmm. And it's a positive thing as opposed to it doesn't carry a lot of negative like in an Aladdin or, um, you know, a lot of these franchises do. Yeah, it, it's a tricky thing. And but I, I think, though, you know, the, the dollar dictates where we go with these things. And so mm-hmm. if nobody went to Aladdin, they would stop trying to do that shit. But people keep going. So you're right. It is a very vocal minority. But yeah, the only way, if, if they were going to ruin the Lion King for me, they would have to like at the end be like, okay, so you just watched the Lion King and we put some subliminal messaging in there and you are now a racist. So congratulations about the Lion King. That would ruin, <laughs> that would ruin the Lion King for me. But anything short of that, uh, it would be pretty hard. Or if like, if you found out that Simba was having some sexual misconduct, that might, that might ruin the Lion King. But like there's it, making another movie, like when people came out and said, um, that the original or the prequel trilogy ruined the star Wars original trilogy. Mm-hmm. Like it's a different fucking thing, dude. Like, yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's, it's hard to, it's hard. It can be hard to divorce yourself from your feelings about a prior thing. You know, but it, I think it's necessary. Like each movie should be watched in and of itself and mm-hmm. and criticized or praised as such rather than, you know, with someone's biases or background or whatever attached to them. It's not fair, I think, to to say that because there I mean, there's probably six and seven year olds seeing the story of Aladdin for the first time that are loving it. Yep. And now it's their childhood. And that's part of why this whole remake thing is happening. Yep. And I think that's beautiful. Like, don't fucking ruin that for some 12-year-old who loves Aladdin just because you're a dick and you think you own it since you watched it when you were 12. You know, that's mm-hmm. not how the world works. But it's funny, too, because, like, yeah, a, a Lion King, like, it's crazy because the two biggest, probably the two biggest um, franchises, at least from when we were kids, uh, in terms of Disney and Aladdin and Lion King, um, and actually Toy Story, too. <laughs> yeah. um, we're all getting, it, whether it be a sequel or a remake of all of those, but, like, 
No one is no one is really having much backlash towards Toy Story other than the, the fork thing that they're going to be selling, <laughs> basically selling sporks as toys for fifteen dollars a pop. Oh my god! And and then um, there isn't there hasn't been any backlash against Lion King really. And I think when people when that comes out, people are going to be fucking stoked to see it. You know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. Aladdin. I went to that opening night at six o'clock. There was barely anyone there, you know. Even though it made 105 million dollars, there was barely anyone there. Whereas, I think when when with Lion King, when those tickets come out, they're going to sell quick. People are going to be going to it like crazy because it has such a prestige to it that with with the Lion King, and it was like pretty much everyone our age's you know favorite movie <laughs> as a kid, mm. and and now you know it's it's coming out as this remake. This trailer looks insane. It looks great got John Favreau, you know, behind it who is who has kind of the pedigree. I think it's just a complete 180 if you look at it compared to Aladdin. And uh I mean, I obviously think that I'm I'm super excited for Lion King. I think it's going to deliver. Um but it's just funny to think about cuz I don't think we're going to hear the same it ruined my childhood type of stuff as we are for Aladdin. Right. And like spoil like we'll talk about this more when we get to review it. It's not that bad. I if it was totally fucking yeah. atrocious and and horrible, maybe I would get that. But it's fine, you know, and and Lion King would need to be very bad for me to think, oh, I wonder if this yeah. ruins Lion King for me. Like, no, it mm-hmm. does not. Yeah. But on the whole, like you're are you I can't remember exactly. Are you do you tend to be for remakes like these or, or are you pretty neutral? I'm I'm pretty neutral, I would say. I mean, I, I enjoy I, 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 haven't, I haven't really seen Jungle Book or some of the other ones I've done. But like this Lion King that's coming out looks fucking awesome. And I'm so excited to see that on the big screen, <laughs> you know, like that's going to be such a cool experience to see that like on a big screen for being someone who saw the original back in the day and now getting to be in a theater where, you know, some people it's their first one or, you know, whatever it might be, their first experience seeing this or whatever, but it's going to be really cool. So I'm super pumped that they did that at least. I am pretty stoked. I am pretty stoked. I think it's funny because like clearly the the way the time plays out, like people our age, I'm not going to say should have kids, but like <laughs> a, a lot of people our age have kids now. And I think part of the idea is t- for for us to be taking our kids to them. Fuck uh, that. To the Lion King. But <laughs> I'll be there by myself pushing kids down, trying to get to my chair because um, kids can fuck off and I want to watch the Lion King. If Honestly, and like if we had kids, we wouldn't be able to do the SoCo show. So I think our listeners are glad that we're that we're both um, not procreating. Alone. <laughs> Alone. That's, that's one way to put it. <laughs> Each of us will be separately alone in theaters watching The Lion King and uh, and emoting. And I I hope I get, I want to say this, you know, I'm just going to say it as a thought. I hope I get sat next to like a little kid. <laughs> <laughs> and so I can kind of like, I can feel that energy of like a little kid being like, oh, <laughs> And I know how oh, that sounds. No. I'm not going to kidnap the little fucker. But, you know, to be next to someone who's, like, that excited about something. You should uh, probably never say, I want to feel that kid energy ever in your <laughs> life again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know how that sounds. But I stand by it. I stand by it. Um, yeah, I'm not digging myself into that hole, so let's just move on. Um, a lot of good stuff going on in with Aladdin, and it's making a shitload of money. Disney is going to own this summer, dude. Like, I think, like all mm-hmm. top five biggest movies this summer are probably going to be Disney and uh, yep. Aladdin may be one of them. It's enjoying a nice Memorial day weekend. M- Memorial day recently, not been a huge deal. 
And uh, so I'm glad to see that people are out and, um, you know, making it a big weekend. Uh, so we may we may see some big releases on that same weekend in, in future years. Because, like, recently it's been, what, like, um, Baywatch a couple of years ago? And then I don't remember what came out Memorial Day last year. <laughs> Was it, like, Rampage? It might have been. I have no idea. It feels like it's the Rocks weekend, so maybe maybe it was. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. Let us know what your thoughts are on remakes. Uh, is your childhood being ruined by all these new uh, live action, quote unquote, remakes? Or you know, are you are you here for them? Are you excited about them? Are you taking your your kids to them? What are your thoughts? Uh, let us know. Also, let us know what you thought about Aladdin um, in you know in the comments or or on the tweets at underscore Cody Michael, at Seth Watt, or at SoCo Show Pod. Uh, but for now, we're going to move on. Sticking in the realm of movies, we're going to make the quota. What's your name? Fuck you! That's my name! <laughs> my name is Inigo Montoya. And I quote! I'm on a little bit of a hot streak with uh, making the quota recently. So I'm pretty excited to see. Uh, Seth has pulled a quote from a random film. I need to guess the film and the uh, character that said it. What do you got for us? All right. The quote this week is, You rob to support a drug habit. I do drugs to support a robbery habit. Mm, I know this one. You rob to support a drug habit. I do drugs to support a robbery habit. Shit. Um, wrong. Is that in, um, Reservoir Dogs? No. Um, is it one of the Oceans movies? Is it in Logan Lucky? Hmm. (laughs) You robbed or support a drug habit. I do drugs to support a robbery habit. Oh, Baby Driver. Yes. Uh, so that must be... Jamie Foxx, right? Yes. Uh, what's his fucking name? It's something like... Uh, it's like a one-word thing. It's like a fucking name he made up, right? I can't think of his name, but it's Jamie Foxx, right? It's... Hey, Bats? Bats, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a good fucking movie. Baby Driver is. It's a very good movie. It's one of those that... Well, it's Edgar Wright, one of my favorite directors. Um, yep. Second time Edgar Wright's come up in the last two weeks, though. Hot fuzz too. Hmm, from last week. You might week. be sensing a trend. Are you on a? Are you on a? Uh, are you? Are you even? Is there a sneaky theme to all these? <laughs> well, there can't be because a few weeks no ago comment. was Mission Impossible. Who was in Mission Impossible? Oh. Oh, okay. So are you? So Simon Pegg was in Mission Impossible and Hot Fuzz, and Hot Fuzz was directed by Edgar Wright. Mm-hmm. Is that is so? You're it, they're all chained together, aren't they? Mm-hmm. How long has that been going on? <laughs> Since the beginning. What? <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> oh man, you just blew my mind. So it's all been all of them have been like I'll do. They've been in a movie with each other. Mm-hmm. But last week I did, did Nick Frost as the character in Hot Fuzz, and he has been in no movies that you've seen. <laughs> so, like, other than the ones like Shaun of the Dead and all that. But I didn't want to go back and forth. Mm-hmm. So I ended up going with Edgar Wright this week um, with as, as directed. But all of them have been actors so far. Holy crap. 
We've been doing this for a while. Oh man, I, that's. I wonder if there are listeners at home who are, who knew that beforehand. Uh, I think I think the only person I told Jared on our ride to uh, Chicago that at that was Jared Buckendall, but I don't know if anyone else has been paying attention. <laughs> wow, that just blew my mind. You're ruining my childhood with that revelation at the end. Man, that's cool. That's cool. See, folks, what you thought what you thought was a very simple and stupid game was actually a, a deep plot. Were you ever going to tell me? I was going to wait till you figured it out. <laughs> oh man. Huh, that's uh, that's pretty fucking cool. I like that. <laughs> I like that a lot. Uh, props to Seth. Is that the only? No, here's one. That's awesome, bud. There, that's how we can give props. <laughs> wow, cool. Okay, well, that's gonna give me a distinct advantage going forward too. So I'm pretty stoked on it. <laughs> <laughs> um, great stuff this week, including a shocking reveal in the making the quota. What's your name? Fuck you! That's my name! <laughs> my name is Inigo Montoya. And I quote! Ooh, yeah. <laughs> you know what's funny, too, is, like, I would do, I would purposely pick someone each week so that I knew the next week I could use that, you know, like, kind of connect it somehow. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, when I picked Simon Pegg for the Mission Impossible one, I'm like, oh, okay, well, I can pick him um, for... Um, Hot Fuzz with Nick Frost, and then I didn't. I failed to look to see what else he's been in. <laughs> it's not. I was, I was like, okay, he was in Fighting with My Family, but he didn't see that movie. Um, well, there's not a lot of other choices other than Shaun of the Dead, so <laughs> I'm kind of screwed there. So then, yeah, I just I decided to kind of deviate with Ed, Edgar Wright. Yeah, you ended up in a corner. Holy crap, that's fucking cool. Right on. Um, let's see, what do we got here? Uh, okay, so, this past weekend, uh, besides Aladdin, also another film that dropped is Brightburn, which is a superhero-themed horror movie, essentially, you know, what if Superman were a bad guy? And, uh, that led us to be inspired, uh, into this week's edition of Mambo Number no. 5. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mambo Number no. 5. So Bright, Brightburn features a scary version of Superman. We thought, you know, what other scary superhero versions of movies would we like to see? And so these are going to be our, our top five uh, superhero horror wish list movies. And so uh, I imagine this is going to have a fair amount of pitching. So uh, we have to pick our hero no. and, and what, what's going to make this a good movie, I think. I also, I All have right. a, I have a guess. I think I know what your number one is going to be. I'll tell you. you probably if I was, don't actually. I'll tell you if I was right later on. I don't think you will. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, let's jump into it then. Number five. Uh, my number five is Ant Man. Ooh. Do you have that? I don't have Ant Man, but tell me more. Okay. So Ant Man could be scary because they never do this in the in the in the Marvel movies, but like, and it was joked about kind of with leading up to. Uh, leading up to to Infinity War or to uh, Endgame, but Ant Man could literally go inside of you and just like expand it at moments' notice. So characters could just be on the screen, just like hanging out, talking, or like scared, like oh, where is he? And then poof, they explode. Like you never know, <laughs> you never know when someone could die. They could go into your brain, like you could go into your brain and just like tear a piece of your brain out. Um, he could go into your eye and like you know disconnect your your. Uh, I I can't think of the the <laughs> what is the name of that the the cord behind your eye your optic nerve 
optic nerve. There, you could just rip it out and then, oh, I'm blind. You know, like that type of shit. There's so much crazy, like scary shit that he could do. He could go into your heart and just like put a hole in it and kill you. Um, so like, there's really nothing you could do other than just like cover all your orifices, I guess. But even then, you could go into your into your pores and all that stuff. Jesus, that is horrifying. You're right. <laughs> I could explode at any moment. And even yep. if he, even if he wasn't going to get in you and fuck you up, he he can just pop up out of nowhere. So he's built mm-hmm. he's built for a good jump scare. Yeah, and the, or he could just he could get huge too. You forget that he can do giant man. So oh, he just get giant and then just stamp, stomp on your house if you're inside of it, then you're dead. Yeah, Ant Man would be pretty tough to bring down if if you were a horror movie. Would you would you still have him played by Paul Rudd? <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I, I think it'd be kind of fun to see him do that actually, because <laughs> he would be like like shooting quips out <laughs> like as, as he's fucking killing you. <laughs> Be like, see this bitch, and then rips your eye out. Yeah, exactly. Someone's got a case of diarrhea, and then he blows out your eyes. There you go. Yeah, I would. I would watch that. Okay, I, I give you ten million uh, in investment to start that movie. I think I'm gonna need more. Well, you're gonna need more, but I'm I'm not gonna be the only investor. Oh, okay. Yeah, but I do want an EP credit. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Uh, my no. number, my number five is one I, I suspect will be on your list. I have Batman at number five. That is a can kick. Okay. I figured it would be. So we'll talk Batman in a little bit. So you're number four then. Number four. My number four is Green Lantern. Oh, you're coming up with some good ones because Green Lantern can do some <laughs> shit. I don't have him on my list, but but tell me why he's scary. Well, so, I mean, it, my thought of this was kind of twofold here. One is like Green, Ant- Green Lantern, if you've seen the terrible, terrible uh ryan reynolds movies he can you know green lantern can basically conjure anything with with the ring but you could do an angle here of almost like sinestro where he puts the ring on and the ring is what makes him evil so the ring is leading him to kill people you know Mm -hmm. but he but he's also doing it through these weird and creative inventive ways he's basically an alien it's kind of like brightburn in a way but a little bit more creative and also like that's what's driving him to be evil is the ring Mm-hmm. So you could then in that way also have a way to resolve the movie by, um, you know, destroying the ring or whatever. Like that's the whole point is to destroy the ring. And then like maybe someone who's actually end up being more evil takes a hold of it, whatever. But yeah, so, you know, he could, he could, uh, you know, create a giant fucking spike ball and just smash people over and over again or, you know, whatever the case may be. It wouldn't be green probably, it'd probably be like red or something. But, you know, someone stumbles upon a ring in the forest or you know, something crash lands and finds a ring. They put it on. They feel powerful and they're feeling good for a while. And then, oh, they become evil eventually. And they, because the ring is corrupting them and, and, uh, they take the planet hostage or whatever it may be. But there's a lot of different places you could go with it because the ring is what's driving the evilness and not necessarily the person. I do dig that. That would be pretty cool. He could be coming up, inventing a bunch of like torture devices that don't exist. Would be kind of cool. And so Sinestro, the bad guy, has a ring that feeds on fear. So that could be an element, too, yeah. where he, he has to scare people before he kills them because it powers him. That'd be kind of cool. Yep. Fuck, I'd watch. You're good at this, man. I'd watch the shit out of him. <laughs> <laughs> my, uh, my number four is Aquaman. I do not have that, so you go ahead. Aquaman, I think, would be cool if it's from the perspective of, um, you know, either, either some people on, like, a ship or a submarine. Because they're kind of, you know, stranded out in the middle of nowhere. They can't really do much. But then all of a sudden, like, you know, like their ship starts rocking or a hole appears in their ship and like weird shit starts happening around the ship. 
and they think it's some sort of ghost or some sort of like monster that's outside and then it turns out it's fucking a guy and uh and what they have to do to stop him so i think there's a lot of like creepy tight corners in the dark um him sneaking around and shit i think is what makes that cool and then he's really strong so he can just hurl a bunch of guys off the off the sides of the boat or whatever so either a boat or a um or a submarine but it's going to depend heavily on the like locked in nature of it all like there's really no escape kind of like alien um Mm -hmm. sort of I think that would be pretty cool, and he can just run through a bunch of shipmen um, who, you know, wandered into the wrong waters or something. Maybe they're getting too close to Atlantis, and or it's like the Bermuda Triangle or some shit, and uh, they wandered into a place where they shouldn't be, and so you watch them get picked off for a while. I think that could be pretty dope. I And I think Momoa could be still scary at it, so I'd keep him. Yeah. I could definitely see him doing that. Yeah, that, that would be interesting. Because, yeah, you have the, the water, and I hate water stuff mm-hmm. whether it be in and movies or games like in terms of horror um there's there's several levels in what i played through for uh the new tomb raider game i think it's shadow of the tomb raider where it's underwater and there's like eels and piranhas and shit and you're just waiting to fucking not die mm-hmm. and i hate i hate water stuff excuse me i hate water stuff so um yeah i think that would i think that would work perfectly shit yeah that's why you're getting excited to see 47 meters down uncaged <laughs> later this year fuck yeah number three uh my number three is the can kick from earlier that's batman oh yeah batman would be so good not, did you think he was number one uh that's yeah that was my that was gonna be my okay. guess at number one yeah no i got two more i got oh, two more okay um see i kind of I, the way i thought about it was like five different genres in a way mm-hmm. um so like your ant-man is kind of like the the jump scare the the almost psychological in a way the green lantern is like the you know, like someone his goes from good to bad and becomes kind of evil. This one would be like almost a serial killer because Batman is mm-hmm. like the detective. Yep. So he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna craft out different ways to kill all these people. And you know, he could probably still do almost like a like an antihero type of thing where he's killing you know all these all these people, but eventually he goes he's killing all these bad people, but eventually he be, he goes bad and like starts killing everyone because of the the you know the um the feeling he gets from killing is, is driving him and all this stuff. And, and, you know, he's doing it in all these ways where it's the perfect murder and no one catches him because he is, you know, the, the, the perfect detective. And, uh, you know, he's, he's leaving little clues around here and there and stuff like that. And, uh, but he's always, always five steps ahead because of his, because of his, uh, his thought process. And then he's also, you know, a skilled fighter and all that stuff. He's got all these gadgets that he can use to kill people. He's hanging people up by their necks from with the, you know, like the grapple hook and all that stuff. There's a lot of cool stuff you could do with Batman. Yeah. He'd be really scary. You could do it one of a couple ways. It could be, um, Gordon having to like hunt down what's effectively a serial killer and you never really see him. You just kind of, he's off screen and you know, he's doing his thing. Or the second would be like, some guys have robbed a place and are in their safe house and he's terrorizing them in their safe house and you'd get to see him make all those murders. Um, but the, just the way Batman moves around in the night, like his whole thing is fear. So that he, he makes he's a slam dunk, um, for like a slasher villain. Um, and that would be creepy as shit watching him just show up and cloak someone and, and then disappear. Or, mm-hmm. or like you said, string someone up with a battering. That'd be, that'd be pretty fucking intense. And they, they've, they've alluded to that in some of the movies where you are seeing things from the villain's perspective and, and they get all scared and he sneaks up on them and surprises them or whatever. So mm-hmm. you wouldn't even need to change much about Batman. You just need to pick the right angle. I think it'd be dope. So <laughs> I have Mystique at number three. Okay. And I think what would be cool about Mystique is... Kind of like the thing, if you if you remember that movie, I don't know if you saw that one, Seth, but it's like a shapeshifter, 
And so it's mm-hmm. a psychological horror thing where you don't know who the thing is. And Mystique would effectively be that, where, you know, she's assimilating the appearances of a bunch of people and sneaking around like that and, you know, killing people one by one and taking over their, their appearances, I think would be pretty sweet. Um, Cause you never really, and it wouldn't be like, ah, scary, or it wouldn't be like, oh crap, there's gore. It'd be more of a psychological thing where, you know, you don't know where Mystique is and it could be left on some sort of cool cliffhanger or whatever. Um, so I think, I think that would, and it's been done, but you just stamp on Marvel to the side of it. Um, but I think that's why Mystique would be cool or, and, or Mystique could go like the, like the, the sexy murderer way where she, mm-hmm. you know, she assimilates like a hot woman and, and gets men like into bed with her and then murders them, you know? Mm-hmm. So you could go that way, the, the kind of sexual thriller too. Um, but either way, I think Mystique would be, would be pretty dope and you could fuck up her you appearance could- a little bit more than it is. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, she could be scary in her natural form too. You could almost do like an it follows type thing too. Yeah, exactly. Like have like her on, yeah. Yeah. Have her on top of like a rooftop. <laughs> you don't know that it's her. <laughs> All that stuff. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. I, I like the idea of the shape shifting, but also can murder you in mm-hmm. a second. Oh yeah. Did, by the way, did you see it follows? No, I never ended up going back to watch it. Oh, you got to man. It's so fucking good. It's one of my favorite <laughs> horror movies the last like five years. It's one now. Like if, if it came out today, I would go see it probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It might even but be I was more old. than five years old now. It Probably. Follows. I was a wuss back then, so I didn't go see it. Yeah, it's from 2014. Damn, that's getting yeah. old. But it is amazing. Yep. I, I highly recommend it to people. Number two. This one is like your monster movie. Uh, so this would be with the, the Hulk, the Incredible Hulk. Oh, shit. Okay. Uh, um, so this is your monster movie because you could do, again, almost like a Green Lantern type thing, but instead of... of um, you know, like the gamma turning him into like a hero, the gamma turns him into a just a giant, crazy monster villain, and it's Bruce Banner always trying to fight that, or whoever the you know character is trying to fight that monster inside. And that monster, when he comes out, it's like Frankenstein. He comes out and he's Frankenstein's monster. Sorry, he's coming out. And he's just ripping people in half. He's mm-hmm. ripping limbs off and beating people with it. He's throwing people like miles. <laughs> through the air um he's crushing cars he's going through this like king kong almost he's just going through and just demolishing everything but inside whoever bruce banner the type character is is trying to fight so you could have that part of it too he's inside and he's just trying to fight he's trying to to get that monster to calm down he's trying to to get him to go away but on the outside he is just ripping heads off he's you know he's tearing spines out of body like he's (laughs) scorpion from (laughs) from mortal Kombat, he's just going absolutely nuts on the town and it's a, it's that struggle inside but it's also you know like a crazy monster movie too on the outside i would watch the shit out of that and then we'd have to unchain mm-hmm. godzilla to go fight him <laughs> that could actually be pretty fucking cool i would definitely watch that my number two is my obligatory need to include spider-man on every list we do <laughs> <laughs> and spidey i think could be pretty cool like he would do a lot of again it would be probably um he would be some sort of serial killer sneaking around in New York and like webbing people up and uh, like hanging them from places or like throwing them off of buildings or whatever. And he'd, he'd have to have some sort of agenda um, where I think like the investigating, maybe like J. Jonah Jameson is investigative reporting him and um, is, you know, following his crime scenes or whatever. And you find out that they're all connected back to Ben's murder or something like that. But he's killing all these people really brutally, like strangling them with his web or you know, throwing them off a building or tying them up somewhere and leaving them to starve to death or whatever. 
So basically, yeah, he just he just decides that he wants to murder a bunch of fucking people, and then J. Jonah Jameson has to come after him. I think of it kind of like a seven type where, you know, they're after the, the murderer. So maybe you don't see him do a lot of murdering, but if there is a scene where you do, you know, he moves around so quickly and quietly that I think he'd make for some good. You definitely have to do a redesign on the costume. But mm-hmm. um, I think that having the the ability with the webbing um, – would be would be pretty tight because he'd be like tripping people when they didn't see it or like you know roping up different traps and shit and then uh you know it, it could be could be pretty dope and it's spider-man and they did a they actually <laughs> they did a, a scary version of him in the show do you remember this he got like a bad um, he got like a bad spider gene or something and it turned him into literally a giant spider oh yeah yeah oh my yeah. god that was that would be fucking like a, just a, okay. a giant fucking half man half spider that looks nothing like a man that yeah. that it would have to be that because then it's a scary fucking monster but he has all the spider that's, powers that's kind of like the fly back in the day yeah just like the fly um but you see yeah that that's the type of version i was thinking of that would be a good horror is like spider-man is like maybe he starts off and he's you know he's doing the normal spider-man thing but then eventually he can't control the mutation part and all these legs start coming out of him and he starts killing people because like spider-man the current version for me it's like he's always good you Mm -hmm. know like he's always a good guy and it's hard for me to imagine him as like all the other ones we talked about i can imagine them as a bad guy Mm -hmm. But Spider-Man is always so good and so wholesome and all that stuff. He always makes the right decision and he's always so fun and quippy and all that stuff that it's hard for me to imagine him as a bad guy. But if there's a mutation in him, that's a different story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be good. You know, yeah, and then you could physically fuck him up too. That'd be cool. Mm-hmm. Number one. My number one is probably one you probably didn't expect out of me here, but uh, it's it's Wolverine. Ooh, okay. Go and on. the re. The reason I say this is because it becomes a total hack and slash 80s movie, <laughs> yep. 80s horror movie. It's basically Jason and Freddy combined into one because of the, you know, because of the basically his machetes popping out of his hands, like, you know, <laughs> basically those two do. But he's like a little, you know, he's a Wolverine. He's like, he's a little crazy, you know, dude who's just going around killing people. He can, you know, he's got the... He's got the, you know, the speed and the strength and, and, and all that. You know, he can move around real quick and surprise people. He got all the jump scares and stuff. He's got, you know, of course, he got the, the knives coming out of his hands. So he can, you know, just people could be standing there and all of a sudden right through their head. Kind of like there was in Logan. You know, there's knives going through heads and stuff. Um, you know, he can do the stalking thing. You know, he can he can lurk in the background. And, he's you know, he's a small little guy. So he can, you know, be in a little corner off in, in the distance in a shot. We may, may or may not notice him. Um, and then eventually he comes around and, you know, slices a guy. You know, he's got he's got the attitude and everything like that. Um, it could just be an awesome, fun little 80s horror movie. And and honestly, like, those are some of the most fun horror movies. Oh, shit. And that's yeah. probably one of, that's the one I'd want to see the most. Because, like, you know, you look at Halloween, which was one, one of my, you know, one of the more enjoyable movies last year, especially in the horror department. You know, you just have him, he can kind of be stalking people and, and just go around and, and, catch him catch people off guard he but he can also that's the thing is like he can talk so he can also make quips and stuff too and and um or he can just be mean about it you know he you can go pretty much any direction with it with that type of person who's been he's a mutant too so he's been genetically mutated um people are gonna people like that would be um angry about it so he can go on a revenge tour um and go go around and kill just an entire town of people where he was where he was created i think it'd be a lot of fun and it'd be a cool little uh 80s throwback I'd watch that because you could even do like, you know, where it's set in the facility so you could have them all kind of stuck there and he's escaped his bindings or whatever. And now he's sneaking around murdering everyone. Um, 
or you could have him out like running around and stuff. But either way, I think it would be kind of cool in that one to like have a scene where they find some horrific body that's been torn apart and they're like, what kind of animal <laughs> did this? And then they turn around and there's a man there all bloodied up and they're like, oh no, it's a man. And then he fucking gets them. Yeah. <laughs> well, of course you could also do the shot too, where, you know, he's just standing there staring down a guy and they're like, what are you doing, man? What's your problem? And all of a sudden the swords pop out of his hands. Yep. And then people be like, oh, my God, run, yep. you know, all that stuff. And they start shooting at him, but obviously it's not working. Oh, fuck, I'd watch yep. that. It reminds me of the scene, um, the Vader scene in Rogue One that everyone loves, where he's just mm-hmm. tearing through all those fucking people, but they can't hurt him. Uh, yeah, yep. I'd, I'd watch that. Wolverine, I know you're not an X-Men fan, so I'm, I'm, uh, I'm pleasantly surprised to hear Wolverine in there. That's a good one. Because I just, when I thought about, like, horror movie, I just instantly pictured just him going to fucking town and all these people or you know just going and gruesomely you know tearing through people with his with his uh because i just picture the knives i pictured him and jason basically being the same person mm-hmm. and that was my that was my first thought oh that's a good one uh my number one would be a very fucked up film because uh, i have scarlet witch and oh, okay i think that ends up being almost like a supernatural haunting kind of movie Mm-hmm. And she's giving, she's putting visions in people's heads. And so I don't know how much you actually see of her. She'd mainly act as like a mascot. Um, mm-hmm. And she could move around in that fucked up way she moves around in uh, Age of Ultron. Um, but uh, I think mainly what, what it is is like visions and shit that people are seeing and it drives them crazy. So maybe it's like a family in a house or like a few dudes in some woods or some shit. And they start freaking out and like maybe they start killing each other because she's scaring them so much but it would basically be just a bunch of mega mega messed up like psychological crap that she would do to people um i don't know why um maybe again maybe it's because she was experimented on that she's got to get revenge or whatever but um she could you i mean you'd have free reign to do whatever you wanted because she can put visions in people's heads yeah that that would be i I think that would be pretty cool because yeah she's i mean she's clearly super powerful and everything too but yeah, like you said, she has the the mind manipulation and and it. I mean, when I think about witch, I also think about um, oh, is it the huntress or whatever from uh, Suicide Squad? What's her name? Oh, Enchantress! Um, Holy cow! Enchantress, yeah. But I think Scarlet Witch could be cool because yeah, she's she's not just you know she's not like about the mystic arts. She's more of like a mutated person, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, could make you see whatever the hell you want, and then then also crush your face with her powers. <laughs> Yeah, she'd do a lot of face crushing. <laughs> so that's our list. That's our five to one of our uh, superhero horror wish list. Uh, who did we miss? Who do you like? Did uh, Did you have any? Do you have any honorable mentions? A green Arrow would be kind of fun because he could do, you know, it'd be more like a sniper type situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty much that's pretty much all I. Those are the main ones I thought of. Yeah, the only other ones I had were like Wonder Wonder Woman and or. Um, uh, Black Widow, and it would be that sort of femme fatale, you know, draw them in with the sex and then just squish their head between your hands, kind of like species thing. Um, kind of like I mentioned with Mystique, but, um, you know, I think most heroes would make a good one, um, but these are our favorites. So let us know what we missed out there on the tweets at underscore Cody Michael, at Seth O'Watt, or at SoCo Show Pod. Uh, who are some of your favorite, uh, you know, superheroes that you want to see murder a bunch of people in a bloody way? a la 2019's Brightburn. Uh, don't forget to let us know what your thoughts were on this week's Mambo number five. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mambo number five. Let's, five. Number five. Let's keep on rolling here. We're going to go straight into some reviews from this weekend. 
Mom, what do you think? I love it! I hated it! I hated it. Uh, we've got a few things. We've alluded to two films already that we're going to review, but I want to start with one, Seth, that we saw uh, earlier, and you mentioned it in your story to open the show, Rocket Man. Uh, you and I saw advanced screenings. This movie's not out yet as of our recording, um, but you can see early shows uh, tonight if you're listening on our new Thursday release date. Otherwise, this weekend will be the release of the Elton John musical, uh, Rocket Man. So, Seth, what, do you, what did you think of Rocket Man? What were your, your, um, your overall thoughts? Well, you bring up something funny there by saying musical, mm-hmm. um, because that, you know, going into it, I would have said music biopic, but it really is much more of a musical than I anticipated going in. And I don't say that as a bad thing, because I'm, I think we've talked about it on the show, I'm not a big fan of, of musicals and things like that. I, I saw Mary Poppins last year and I enjoyed it. And with Rocket Man 2, I, it started, so like, like I mentioned, it kind of started with a, um, like a fantasy type sequence and that's what a lot of this movie ended up being there's a lot of fantasy dream type stuff and that's um a vehicle that they use to go through that fantasy stuff is the music is through musicals and and elton john or whoever's playing um elton john like whether it be young or old or whatever the case may be uh singing the the songs the, the songs that are famous of his through through like in a musical type setting and it's it's really interesting and and going into it i didn't know a ton about elton john i know his songs or whatever but like with queen or you know whatever uh whatever it might be um with with these music biopics lately like most of the time you expect the music in these type of movies to be driving the story in terms of how they get to one point to the next but in this one the music he didn't write you know so there, there, he had a he had a writing partner, and so the music was really more of a a way to kind of enhance instead of moving the story from one point to the next. It's kind of used more to kind of tell how Elton John was feeling in those moments. Like the music wasn't the songs necessarily like themselves weren't necessarily like a big part of his story as a person necessarily. And like like Bohemian Rhapsody being a big hit in Bohemian Rhapsody, like that song, it wasn't the same for like Rocket Man being a big hit and making him famous. Mm-hmm. You know, like if that makes sense, like it was more of a personal, personal thing. They used the music to tell like about a certain point in Elton John's life. Yeah. So the, the that plot, make, the, that makes sense. Yeah. So what you're saying is that the plot of the movie isn't him coming up with the songs, right. which is what Bohemian Rhapsody was more of. This uses the music to tell another story that's not even necessarily about the music. Right. Whether it be about his relationship with his dad or being, you know, homosexual or being, or using drugs or dealing with fame, that type of thing, as opposed to like writing Bohemian Rhapsody or not Bohemian, writing Rocket Man Mm -hmm. and then making a bunch of money because of it. Right. Um, And, and that's kind of what I explore more expected going into it was that it was going to be about the music and about his career going from point A to point B. I I'm that's not what the movie is and I'm not mad about it I enjoyed what they gave me it took me a bit to get into it when when I realized after the third viewing of the opening <laughs> um that <laughs> that uh it was going to be more of a musical then I was able to adjust myself and honestly I think part of it too was being able to see the opening a few times I kind of was able to put myself in a different headspace mm-hmm. um knowing what it was 
uh, as opposed to it being, you know, a straight up real life music biopic, it being more of a fantasy musical, it put me in the right headspace going into it and being able to see the opening three times where I was able, I think, to enjoy it more because myself not being a musical fan, I think I might have been off put a little bit up front and it might have taken me a little bit longer to get into it. Yeah, I, I had a similar experience where I was expecting something different, but I was very excited about what I got. Um, mm-hmm. It's, it's, um, I love a musical, you know, so when I was like, oh my God, this is a musical, I was really excited, and that opening number really got me charged. It's the bitch's back, right, was the mm-hmm. the original number, and yeah. um, there was- <laughs> I heard it three times. <laughs> yeah, the one, so the, um, the one thing that I would, um, so I, I really, really enjoyed this movie, the, the, one thing that I struggled with in this as it relates to the bitch's back is it's, he's still a young kid at that point. Mm-hmm. And they spent a quite a bit of time in the beginning with him as a kid. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was a little, um, you know, in the first act of the movie, I was like, okay, let's, let's get to him as an adult. I want to, uh, let's get past this kid stuff. But then once they hit, once Taron Edgerton comes on and they start, then it's, it's moves really quickly through the rest of the story. Um, mm-hmm. and I was really happy with the pacing after that, but there were some early on parts where I was like, all right, let's kind of keep it moving here, guys. Cause I didn't come to watch this fucking kid. I came to watch Taron Edgerton and, uh, mm-hmm. he, that actually goes nicely into the biggest pro that I think, I think Taron Edgerton is amazing in this mm-hmm. and I've always enjoyed him as an actor, but you've been a little more lukewarm on him. Where did this move mm-hmm. your dial on Taron Edgerton? I mean, I'm definitely impressed with what he did here. I still, for whatever reason, I just can't put him up there in the upper echelon of actors yet. He's almost there. Um, But he, I mean, we've talked about before. I really enjoyed the first Kingsman, but I hated the second Kingsman. (laughs) I've I've fully come around to that to where I just don't like that movie at all. I, you know, for me, it's just, I haven't seen him do enough yet. Like, I I like him as Eggsy, but it seems like that, you know, that's just kind of a, a set role for him to play and it's easy enough. But he did really impress me with 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 Rocket Man, um, and and his portrayal of Elton John. We'll see. You know, I have to see him in more stuff, a little bit different stuff, because both of those things are a little bit wheelhousey type things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he he was cast and and really you know took over the 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 role of Eggsy, and I like again, like I said, I like that. Um, but he's done like he's been a huge fan of Elton John for a long time. He's he's done you know some of the songs he sang in in the movie Sing, he sang an Elton John song. Um, so I know like this is something he's worked towards and I don't take away anything that he did in this movie. It's an amazing, amazing job that he does. But in terms of him as an overall actor, I still need to see a little bit more before I put him up there, you know, in the, the Bradley Coopers or the, the Robert Pattinson, even, you know, that type of area. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do get that. Um, but you're, you're right. He, he is great in this. And I think, um, his act, you know, his, his scenes where he's straight up acting and he's not singing, I think he does a really good job in, but the musical mm-hmm. numbers are really where he, and I already loved him as an actor, but he really, his stock went up a lot with his musical numbers. The dude can fucking sing, he can dance. Mm-hmm. And for this type of movie, you're right. He was, he was almost tailor-made for this role. And I was not disappointed with his, his performance or, or really anybody else in this, you know, there's not a lot of, um, the supporting cast isn't asked to do a lot in this movie, but mm-hmm. uh, what they asked to do, they do just fine, you know. And and so I thought that they were good. I think the whole the stuff, there's some stuff with him and his his parents and his grandmother who's involved in raising him uh, that I thought kind of worked uh, well for me. I cannot think of the actress uh, who played his mother, but I thought she was pretty good in this. And you know, but the whole thing does rest on Edgerton's shoulders here, and mm. I thought that he did a wonderful job of sort of carrying it through, especially, 
you know, in a movie that meanders as much as it does and goes in and out of fantasies as much as it does, you have to be connected with that main character in order to stay through all that. And mm-hmm. he does a good job of keeping you involved. And, um, you know, a part of this is fantastical and happy and songy as a lot of it is. There's a decent amount of this. It's kind of sad, you know, um, John goes through some shit in this. And mm-hmm. uh, I think that that part of it too uh, was where Edgerton impressed me in his dramatic chops, which I had not yet seen. You know, he doesn't really do any drama in the other stuff I've seen him in. So uh, I was pleasantly surprised. I have him, you know, you're right. I don't have him as high up on my like criterion collection of actors or anything like that, but I am very excited to see what he does next. And if it's a musical, then I'd be very stoked. I would love to see him and Hugh Jackman in a musical. I think that would be pretty <laughs> fucking, maybe with Zac Efron too. They, I don't know what they do, but I'm sure someone's trying to write that right now. Cause they know it's a cash cow. Um, but I, I, I enjoyed this from top to bottom, Rocket Man. I really did have a fun time in it. Uh, it was emotionally connecting. It got me back into listening some, to some Elton John music I hadn't heard in a while. And, uh, and I just had a really fun time at the movies. It, it's going to be interesting to see critically what this does because it, it very obviously is getting a lot of comparisons to Bohemian Rhapsody, which last year got a lot of Oscar love. Rami Malek wins for his portrayal of Freddie Mercury. Um, but it doesn't seem like the studio had as much faith in this one, putting it out in May. And I don't know critically, I, I, do, I don't know. I just don't know. I have a hard time thinking and projecting these forward to, to award season. Do you think it's going to get any love uh, in early 2020? I Probably not. Um, I, I think we've talked about it too, you know, off, off mic. You know, I, we both enjoyed Rocketman a little bit more than, well, you enjoyed it a lot more than Bohemian Rhapsody. I liked it a little bit more than Bohemian Rhapsody. I just think, yeah, with with the, how early it is and with it being more of a fantastical story um, as opposed to being kind of the more – and even Bohemian Rhapsody wasn't even that gritty. <laughs> um, but more of a personal, uh, real-life, true-to-form true story, uh, it's – you know, I, I think it's going to be difficult for it to carry all the way almost – almost, you know, would it be nine months until the next – uh, Oscar ceremony so I, I just don't I don't see this one maybe Edgerton and maybe you know some of the music maybe the mu- some of the music gets nominated or whatever but um, in terms of a best picture you know type thing I, I don't see that happening yeah I could see tell me if you think I'm far off base here I, c- I could potentially see a nomination in the comedy musical section of the Golden Globes potentially yeah but mainly because there's just so few musicals that come out every year that, um, mm-hmm. you know, if a decent one comes out, it seems to be a shoe in But um, I, I'm hopeful that it gets some more love, even, even if it's just part of the conversation, even if nobody is nominated or wins. Uh, I think that this is one that I'm hopeful, you know, continues to have a following going forward. It's, it's one that I'm certainly going to kind of come back to and enjoy because it's just so fun, you know. And a lot of this, you know, we talk about Bohemian Rhapsody versus Rocketman, and a lot of this is just going to come down with whose music you like more. And um, I was in packed theaters for both of those shows and just being around people who are so happy. Like you start hearing the beginning notes of tiny dancer come on and people around you are like, Oh my God, it's tiny dancer. Here we go. Like, that's just so fun to be there for. So these big, <laughs> these big music movies like that are so much fun to see in the theaters. Uh, so I think it's fair to say both of us are recommending that folks do that. Go out and see rocket man in the theaters, especially if you're a fan of, of Elton John, especially if you're a musical fan. Uh, but really I think everyone is going to find something to enjoy about this one. So we both land on the side of I love it for I love it. there it is. He's better at singing than I am uh, for <laughs> for Rocket Man. So make sure you go check out Rocket Man this this weekend. 
uh, let's see, what else did we just see? Let's go, let's go to Brightburn. And this is going to be an interesting one, um, because this is a premise that no one's really tried yet. And we were very excited when we heard that we were going to get superhero horror movie. You know, what if Batman wanted to murder people? And I think that, is that what I, what did I say? (laughs) Don't. (laughs) I said Batman, I meant Superman. Um, (laughs) What if Superman wanted to kill people? And, and then there was a lot about a lot of publicity with uh, with James Gunn and everything because he's a producer on this. And you know, frankly, for me, when it finally came out, uh, it fell a little flat for me. And I think a part of it was I got so excited about like, oh my god, here we're gonna get a superhero who's gonna kill people that I forgot to think about how not compelling Superman is. Like, <laughs> even as a good guy, but especially as a bad guy, like if he's just this unkillable thing. And he just decided the drama in this movie resides in whether or not he wants someone to die, not whether or not he can kill them. And that Mm -hmm. for me took away from the horror aspect of it. And, um, you know, there are some, there are some kind of gnarly kills in here. There's a little bit of gore. So if you're into that, you may be, you may enjoy it. But I think that it just, I enjoyed it enough. Like I wasn't pissed that I went to it. But it didn't do a lot for me, you know, and it's not one that I think I'm going to think about going forward. Were you higher on it than me or are you in that same boat? Pretty much the same boat. Um, I don't know if there's anything else I can say that's super positive. Well, I guess I I did really enjoy, I I did enjoy the kid who played, um, was his name Brandon? Brandon, yeah. I think his name, Brandon Breyer. Um, I liked that it was Breyer, which was a former address we had. Um, Oh, shit, I forgot about that, yeah. Also ice cream. cream. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But uh, I like that kid. I thought he did a good job. He he was able to go from being happy-go-lucky kid to creepy-ass fucking kid pretty quickly. Uh, So I thought he did a good job. I liked Elizabeth Banks, too. You know, I thought um, she... You know, I thought she portrayed caring mother who would stay, you know, stand by her son's side no matter what. I thought she did a good job in, in doing what she needed to do. Other than that, though, like... I think the way I look at it, like, you know, there, like you said, there are some really, really gross kills, um, you know, particularly with like, an, you've seen in the trailer, like an eye mm-hmm. going on. What they portray there is pretty gross. There's also one with like a car that's really fucked up. Yeah. Oh, um, God. It just like, if you would have, my thought here is if you would take this movie, strip out the, because the, what they're going for is a superhero movie that's a horror, you know, with a horror twist. But if you just took out the the horror part of it and it was just a superhero movie it would be bad mm-hmm. like it's the same thing we've seen over and over and over again and i think it's unfortunate because they rest on that same that same platform that has been created for years now of like your standard a to b superhero movie and it just it just wasn't entertaining it's we've we've seen it all before there are parts they threw in that were entertaining, but there just wasn't enough different for them to do, you know, to, to really claim this is a great movie. Um, it was fine. It was entertaining for what it was. They they twisted up a few of the, the things we've seen before, but it just felt like a, you know, they, they just took a template and added a few pieces of their own into it and said, here's a, here's a movie you should go see. And there just wasn't enough different for me to be like, okay, why did I see this? You know, like what was the point? Yeah, no, you're exactly right. And it's not, 
take out the horror it's not a great superhero movie take out the superhero it's not a great horror movie you know it, Same it, thing, it yeah. fits yeah. it fits in the exact template and to me it because of that it kind of gets reduced to that whole like truth or dare type movie where it's just like what if we made a horror movie but this you know mm-hmm. and all those movies end up just being every other horror movie and this one's no real exception they don't they don't do a lot with him being a hero that you know, you haven't seen in other movies where a kid is possessed, you know? So yep. just because he puts a cape on at one point, we're supposed to care more. And I, I don't think it delivers enough outside of its premise to keep me, you know, to make me enjoy this any more than just, yeah, okay, it was fine. Um, mm-hmm. They, um, there were some good creepy shots in here. And I think there's at the heart of it is a really interesting, there's a really interesting struggle here with the parents where they're, they start to realize he's doing some bad shit and they need to decide what to do. And I think that is something that is really interesting about this story that they didn't flesh out as much as I might have liked. Uh, yep. And there's some good scenes where the husband and the wife are disagreeing about what do we do? He's our son. No, he's not. He's from space. You know, like there's a lot of that going on that I wish that they had spent more time on or delved deeper into. But I think they fell into the trap of how cool would it be if this and they they were satisfied to just show you a bunch of scenes where a superhero murders someone and so again it, it's it's one that i think i think if you des- if you've already decided you want to see brightburn then fine go see it and, and you'll probably think it's okay um but if you're not a person who's into horror and or into superheroes like if you're not already drawn to this based on your own tastes we're not going to try to convince you to go see it it's not going to change your thinking about about Mm-hmm. anything is is my opinion would you agree yeah no i i would definitely agree with that it's it's completely a movie where you can wait until it comes out on vod or you know netflix or whatever to to check out uh it's not it's not like you waste your time seeing it but it's not something you should go seek out if you uh you know need to find time to to go see it right yep i think that's i think that's pretty fair um and it's a shame because they're again they they showed flashes in here where I was like that's really great I wish there was more of that, but uh, you know it was just kind of one you know wish fulfillment thing after the other with not a lot stringing it together was kind of my kind of my impression. Um, but it was it was enjoyable enough so we'll see. There is some uh, I don't know there's some some teasing or some sequel baiting. Uh, that, that I, it seems like they, they want to do more with this, this world. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. It doesn't sound like it's made a lot of money in its opening weekend. So, uh, we'll see if that comes to fruition, but this whole, this superhero, uh, horror genre is something that if it does take off, certainly has a lot of source material from which to draw. So if they want to keep doing them, there's no shortage of people or, or heroes that they could rip off, uh, by doing this. So, uh, make sure you let us know if you were higher on Brightburn, if you want us to recommend it to folks, uh, but we're not doing that quite yet. The third movie that we both saw this weekend was Aladdin, and we've talked a lot about Aladdin on this podcast, uh, from the original, you know, Entertainment Weekly first looks to the first trailers and everything leading up to it, and I will admit I was I was low on this going in. I thought it was going to stink, and I'm I'm excited to say that I was very wrong, and I had a great time at Aladdin. Um, you know, we just got talking, talking about Rocket Man, another musical. And I think Aladdin's, one of its many strengths, I think was in 
the musical numbers being as over the top and as 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 fanciful and as wild as they were in the animated, which is something that we weren't sure whether or not we were going to get uh, until one of the trailers dropped. But like the Prince Ali song, and there's a thousand animals and shit running around, and there's fucking you know confetti shooting out of everything, and the animals are running around and everything. Like the the um, happy-go-lucky sort of shiny stuff from the original translated here into live action. And that was something that I wasn't sure they were going to be able to pull off, but definitely they did. And for one thing, it makes me really excited for The Lion King. But for another, I think that was a, a definite hurdle that they were going to have to get over. And I think they that is one thing that they did really well. Yeah, it was definitely a, a lot of fun. Um, you know, I agree with a lot of what, a lot of what you said. Uh, definitely a lot of fun. The, it was very bright, uh, vibrant and bright and just... You know, it's it it was uh, an enjoyable couple hours at the movies. Um, not I mean, not a lot of not a lot of depth here. I don't I don't think it had as much emotional you know connection as like the original Aladdin might have did for a lot of people. Um, you know, I definitely I think there were definitely some problems uh, with it, especially around like Guy Ritchie, who's I don't think a very good director <laughs> to be honest. But um, you know, there 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 are some shots that I thought were kind of weird. You know, some some choices I didn't think completely matched, but overall it was a fun time. I you know I think the strength of the movie for me honestly was probably Will Smith as the genie. I'm so glad you I brought really, him. Up. Loved him. I really liked him a lot, and he was like the main hurdle I had going into the movie was was um, you know how he was gonna portray the genie, and you know Will Smith lately, like we talked about it, was it even last week? You know he he hasn't hasn't had a, a great track record recently. I, you know he's. There's there's been a lot of stuff he's missed on, a lot of weird choices, but this one especially, he 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 did a really really good job. This was classic Will Smith back to like his comedy days where he's you know playing really wild and out there characters and being real funny and goofy, but also you know he has some heart to him too, and he he plays he plays the the serious parts where he needs to be serious really well. You know he was enough like the original genie, but a lot different in a lot of ways too, and he really brought. He he brought something to that to that role into this movie that really helped me connect to it because honestly I wasn't a huge fan of the guy who played Aladdin. I thought he was just pretty bland. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some of his you know his singing and stuff was good and and all that, but I just thought he was pretty boring. Whereas like uh, Naomi Scott is that her name? Naomi Scott. Yep. Uh, she played uh, Princess Jasmine. I loved her. She was great. Yeah. Um, you know her. She has an amazing voice. Um, you know her performance is really good. Uh, I think she's got a really good future, and so up to the point where when the genie came in, she was kind of keeping me into it, into it, and then a lot of the movie from there was revolved around genie and Aladdin. And if it would, if it was anyone else but Will Smith, I think I would have kind of been tuned out at that point. Mm-hmm. But Will Smith was doing such a good job that I, I was into it, and uh, I think it all came together really well, and uh, was a lot of fun. So yeah, I, I really enjoyed uh, the time I had in Aladdin. Yeah, I think the cast, the ca- the human cast of this was uh, was on the weaker side, and I think they were especially Aladdin himself. Like he did an okay job, but um, he was saved by the musical numbers because he was really good in the musical numbers. I'm, I'm, I think that's probably why he was cast. Uh, Naomi Scott has a great look as Jasmine and a great voice, but she's not asked to do a whole lot of acting in this either. But uh, I definitely thought that Jafar was a weak point for me. Um, I was never really like afraid of Jafar. And I think a part of it, and it pains me to say this because I suffer from the same, uh, the same plight, but his voice, I had a hard time thinking that he was intimidating or scary because of his voice. 
<laughs> and I know that's a weird thing to fixate on, but like, I just never really was afraid of Jafar and I'm supposed to be very afraid of Jafar. So that mm -hmm. was one thing that made it kind of tough on me. But I think that Aladdin, you know, it was originally made for 10 year olds. So I think what it lacked in like the depth of story and character and the great acting performances and stuff, it, it super made up for with the musical numbers and just the flashy coolness of it. I found myself, I found myself smiling a lot in this. Um, but I would agree with you, the genie drove most of that. And so whenever mm -hmm. the genie was on screen, I was a happy dude. And I think everyone always knew that Aladdin was going to depend on the genie. So in, in terms of that, Will Smith delivered and they did a great job in the effects department with um, his different, you know, his little side things that he likes to do. And that's so Robin Williams from the first one. I thought, I thought that carried over really well. There wasn't any time when I thought there were a couple of lines that were pulled directly from him in the original. Mm -hmm. uh, and other than that, there was never a time when I was like thinking about Robin Williams. You know, I, this was a performance that Will Smith owned and did his own thing with. And I thought that yep. it, I thought that it went super well. So I think that I think that fans of the original are going to like Aladdin. I, I don't know that it surpasses the original. That would be very tough to do. But I think fans of the original should be pretty happy with this, other than the people that think it ruined their childhoods. I think that new, you know, people who never saw Aladdin will will be entertained by the musical numbers, which, by the way, were I think wonderfully updated. You know, they um, they put some more bass in. They, there's a little more hip hop to the music in this, and I thought that was a welcome. A welcome addition. They put in a hip hop dance solo in this that I was like, that seems a little out of place, but it's still awesome. And uh, so I thought that it, it was updated nicely, and it had the it had the heart of the original. You know, Aladdin is just such a good guy, and it even had I think I don't remember this from the original, but it had a feminist message too in this that I thought was was welcome. And uh, Jasmine had a little more to do in this than she did in the original, which was good. Mm -hmm. Um, so on the whole, I, I think everyone's going to be pretty satisfied with this. I don't know that it's going to, it's going to get like hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes or anything, but it seems to be making a lot of money and people are enjoying it enough for Disney to consider it a success. So let us know out there what you thought of Aladdin. Uh, did it ruin your childhood or are you, uh, are you happy? Is it better than the original? Ooh, that would be a controversial opinion. Uh, <laughs> let us know on the tweets at underscore Cody Michael at Seth Owat or at Soko Show Pod about what you thought of Aladdin and as well as Brightburn and Rocketman. And that's going to be, it's going to be the end of our reviews this week. But, but before we wrap up the show and even before we get into one more thing, it is the end of the month of May. So we need to do the June, 2019 edition of the new release exam. It sounds so strange without the farts in there. Yeah. Where's the farts at? <laughs> Where the farts, where the farts, where the farts at. Okay. Um, so, the name of the game is the new release exam. Seth is going to name five films that will come out in June of 2019. My job is to pick any three of them. And for the three that I choose, I need to, I need to come up with the, the director, the release date, and an actor that appears in that movie. I need three out of five correct to pass the exam. And uh, am I missing anything? I think you got it. You, you have three out of the five, um, no additional hints, uh, and you suck. <laughs> okay, try me. 
All right. So your five movies, again, you can choose any one you want. Oh, yeah, that's the thing is once you start one, you can't come back to it. Right. So you have to know it all. So the five movies are that are coming out in June are Late Night, Men in Black International, Toy Story 4, Annabelle Comes Home, and Shaft. Oh, crap. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm almost certain that I can get two of these, but some of these are ones I hoped to avoid. Okay. So <coughs> men in black is, uh, that's June 14th. Um, F Gary gray is the director and, uh, Chris Hemsworth is one of the stars. That'll do it. Okay. You got one. So I got men in black. I can get toy story. Also uh, toy story comes out on the 21st. Uh, I'm really surprised that's one you'd memorize. I, I figured that. Yeah. Well, I knew that it would be, you know, one of the popular ones. Um, yeah. Toy Story, directed by, uh, I think it's Josh Cooley. Correct. And, you know, Tom Hanks is in that. Yep. I don't, I don't think I was able to memorize any of these directors for the other ones. Some of the, wow. the ones that I was, the ones that I like memorized were, um, like Child's Play, um, X-Men, and like one mm. other one that I knew were going to be like on the fringe, but I had easy, I was, had an easier time remembering them than some of these. So Annabelle comes out on the, let's see, would it be the, would it be the 28th of June? Mm-mm. No? Okay. Um, it's the 26th. <laughs> 20th, okay, that weekend. Well, that's the thing is that the release date for Annabelle comes out the two days before the Friday. Oh, it's so a The official release date's the 26th, yeah. Oh, okay. Does Shaft come out the 14th? Yes. Okay. And that's got Sam Jackson in it, but I can't think of the director. And Late Night Late Night has um Mindy Kaling in it. And does that one come out on the seventh? Yep. Okay, but I can't remember the fucking director for that either. I'm spacing on these directors, Seth. Well, that's the last one. You have to get that director, otherwise you lose because you already tried out the other one. Yeah, crap. Late night. Um so to go back actually real quick, um, Annabelle is Gary Doberman as the director. Oh, okay. And who, uh, an actor or actress would be Vera Farmiga or Patrick Wilson. Um, and then Shaft, the director is Tim Story. Oh, fuck. Tim Story. God damn it. Yeah. So, you, so I need, so I need it, yeah. late night's director or I lose. Thing is, I don't know if anything else this director has done. Yeah, so I, I, even if I could give you a hint, I don't. My best, my one. best guess was going to be Mindy Kaling because I think she, I think she wrote it or was had it, something to deal with the writing, uh, or maybe as an executive producer or something. Um, I'm going to say uh, uh, Janet Smithkowski was the director of Late Night. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it is uh, Nisha. Gant- Ganatra, G-A-N-A-T-R-A, okay. Ganatra. So I was never going to get that. I'm, I fuck. God damn it, I lose. <laughs> and you know what that means? You get to say, uh, "I'm the cream." I am the cream. Seth is the cream. Who <laughs> you? I'm the cream. I had yeah. I had so I picked. I was like, okay, I, I can't do like I. I knew I could do a certain amount, and so I picked like four or three to do. And so my, the, the drama was going to be in which ones you picked. And so, mm-hmm. um, you didn't have child's play, but I knew that one. And then the other one I knew was X-Men. I should have known you weren't going to pick X-Men. Um, yeah, that movie sucks. <laughs> so, 
So I am the loser of the June exam. And so that means for the month of June, Seth will get to pick my show name. And so make sure you come back next week to figure out what my new show name is uh, since I lost this week's, this month's rather, edition of the new release exam. I was I was waiting for the fart. <laughs> uh, that's gonna take us near the end of the show. But before we go, we're gonna leave you with one more thing. But I'm down to one more, one more thing. So my one more thing, as I guess, it's partly yours too. Um, the Oculus Quest came out last week, and uh, you were really excited, big VR fans, virtual reality video games. And so uh, Seth, you got one. And I said, let me know if it's cool, and if you like it, I'll get one. You said it was cool, so I got one, and I can fully vouch that it is fucking fun. Um, <laughs> the, the Quest, what's great about the Quest is you don't need to connect it to a computer in order for it to work, so it kind of stands on its own. It starts at a $400 price point, so it's a little expensive, but um, for fans of VR and, and especially VR gaming, uh, I think it's a, a worthwhile way to spend that money. Um, I've been playing a few games. Beat Saber. Beat Saber alone is worth buying this thing for. It is so goddamn fun. And it gets you moving, gets you sweating a little bit, the heart rate up. Uh, Super Hot VR is one of my favorites. You're basically John Wick, and you get to shoot a bunch of people and beat people <laughs> to death with, like, I killed a guy with an ashtray in it. But it's not very gory. Like, the men, the people you fight against are, like, these pixelated nothings. And so they just like they just shatter when you kill them, so it, it's not, it doesn't feel as violent. Um, the Vader Immortal is a story-based Star Wars game, which uh, I've played part of the first episode of, and is very cool. And I'm just really enjoying my experience, my experience so far with the Oculus Quest. So I just wanted to recommend that to folks who are interested in VR. Um, it's it's as as far as the ones I've played in the past, which have been this and the PSVR, and then some of the cell phone-based ones. Um, this has been, this has probably been my favorite experience so far. It's, it's been a pretty sweet product. Wouldn't you say? Yeah. Oh yeah. I definitely agree with everything you've said. <laughs> um, yeah, the, the beat saver has been the one that I've had probably the most fun playing and I've had, you know, with other friends and stuff come over and play it. And that's been the one that's been kind of the, the, the fun time. Um, yeah, I got, I got to play through the, the Vader of mortal, which is quite a bit of fun. I played a demo of the Creed boxing game, which didn't quite work exactly how I want it to, but it was still a good time. Um, and then I think I'm going to be checking out soon this Robo Recall game, which is like a kind of a you know shooter game, like you're talking about with with Super Hot, but more involved with like mechs and stuff like that. So um, it's definitely worth checking out, especially you know kind of uh, reading off, reading through some of these articles and stuff that this is going to be more of their consumer type of product. Um, they have the the Oculus Go, which is like your you know watching YouTube or Netflix type things. Uh, and then the Oculus Rift, which is like their higher end. You need like seven, eight cameras to play it and stuff like that. This is kind of the in-between, whereas, you know, he, you have the, you know, have your Netflix and stuff, but you also have, you know, some of their Rift games. And this is kind of going to be the one where they say, hey, you know, you don't need anything. You buy it, you plug it in. You're not plugging it in. You buy it, you put it on your head and you play. It's going to be just kind of the, the casual, maybe a little bit more than casual, but pretty much casual uh, VR experience, and this is going to be the one that I think a lot of people will buy uh, going forward to to get themselves into VR, and this is probably will expand the world of VR for a lot of people because you don't need anything else but that thing. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. My one more thing, uh, kind of a, it's a it's a follow up to last week. My one more thing, which is the song quiz. You had asked last week, and I know you've had a chance to play song quiz. And, I fucking and, rock and, at uh, it too. I'm like ten and one. <laughs> 
Uh, it's a, it's quite a bit of fun. Um, but you asked last week, is there a movie version of this? And I was, yeah, at the time I said, no, no, I think there's just like a multiple choice type thing. But there actually is a movie quiz. So I wanted to follow up on that. Um, there is a movie quiz where it's basically song quiz where, so song quiz, for those who didn't hear last week, that's, it'll play uh, a snippet of a song and you have to guess the title or artist, title and artist or one or the other. Basically, in order to get points, you have to get one of those two. If you get, then if you get max points, you get both and you get bonus and all that. Same uh, with movie quiz, it does the same thing where it plays, uh, instead of a song, it plays a clip from a movie and you have to guess the movie and you can do it by decade. So, you know, anywhere from the 60s to, to the to 2010s and you can do like a uh, expert level where it does all decades. Um, but it'll play a clip and you have to guess the movie title and you play against, if you're just the only person playing, you'll, you'll play against a, a random opponent. And so the same thing with movie quiz that, that I was doing a song quiz. I'm walking around the kitchen <laughs> yelling out movie titles. Like I'm, I'm just like super bad. <laughs> you're just like yelling out <laughs> shit randomly in the air and it'd just be funny to, to hear. But it's a lot of fun though. It's, it's really cool. Cause like. It, like it, it's like movies that I've maybe only seen once or twice, but because I can hear like I uh, it was I heard Ryan Gosling and Steve Carell, and it says the movie year beforehand. It was 2011. Uh, I was able to kind of think through it, and oh yeah, it's Crazy Stupid Love, <laughs> and then it made sense. So it's just kind of fun to test your knowledge in that way and and, and think through. But kind of like with how good I am at the 2000s with um, music, the 2010s with movies, I've I've been killing it at mm-hmm. so. Um, definitely, uh, if you have a Google Home, check this out. I'm going to link to that so folks can play it. Uh, again, so many, so much fun stuff you can do with the Google Home. Uh, I have a, I have a home in my, in my bathroom. So when I'm getting ready in the morning, I play song quiz. And so it's, I'm yelling from my shower, uh, you know, Beyonce, <laughs> single ladies, put a ring on it. Uh, so that's been, it's been quite a fun experience. So, uh, if you have a Google Home, make sure you get some of these games on. And, uh, if you don't have a Google Home and you want to play some games, then get yourself an Oculus Quest and you can play in VR. That's what we got this weekend. Uh, and one more thing. But I'm down to one more, one more thing. Much cheaper, though, for you to buy a Google Home, Google Home <laughs> than it will be a Quest. So if you're looking to play just some standard games, uh, go with the Google Home. Yeah, I, uh, I would agree with that. Google Home's pretty cheap right now. <laughs> that is going to bring us to the end of episode number 96 of the SoCo Show. If you're hearing this on a Thursday, awesome. We're, we're glad that you have uh, shifted a day down with us. And um, this is going to be our our normal release schedule for now. We tick ever closer to episode 100 coming up in just a few weeks. We're really excited to uh, announce some extra cool stuff that we're working on uh, in in um, in conjunction with that hundredth episode. So make sure you stay tuned. And as always, make sure you're bringing new friends to the party. Recommend the podcast. Share it with your friends. And uh, yeah, let's get more people on this on this fun little boat. That we're floating around. If you have in. anyone kidnapped in your basement, just play the Soko show while while they're down there. There you go. Play it They'll on. Play it. it on repeat. We could use the listens. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, until next Thursday, we've got to wrap things up. Make sure you come back next week to see what my new nickname is. Ooh. But for now, I've been the co-host Cody Michael. He is the Soho Seth Ott, and we will see you next week. Bye. Creams. <laughs> 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 <laughs>